Hey everyone, it is so good to connect with you online. We've been looking this year as the year where we embrace, and it's been such a crazy year. We are now in August, which is absolutely insane how fast this year has gone past. Last month we were looking at embrace growth as our theme, and I trust that you were challenged, inspired, encouraged, and equipped. I trust that you were stretched to be strengthened. Shout out to Natalie, who done such a great job of preaching a couple of weeks ago. But this month, we are looking at the theme of embrace the future. There are some wonderful quotes about the future that people have said. They've said so many different things. Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Mahatma Gandhi once said, the future depends on what you do today. And Albert Camus said, real generosity to the future is giving your all to the present. I think for most of us, when we would have thought that sometime in the future we would be able to do church online, little did we know how quickly that would become a reality and how quickly we would have to embrace this new way of doing church. Yet we've been forced to embrace the future really, really quickly this year through Zoom calls, through online meetings, Facebook Live, prayer, and of course, church online. In my lifetime, and I know that I'm still only young, but I do actually remember cassette tapes and, you know, videotapes where you would have to rewind it to watch it. You couldn't just click buttons. I remember then getting CDs, and I remember having to record onto the cassette from the CD, and you would have to, like, start, hit play and record at the same time and pause it and stop it and You'd have to wind it back. I remember then moving on to MP3s where there was no such thing as a cassette or a CD and it was a file you'd get on this little kind of Walkman device or this MP3 player. And then moving on to now we have streaming and download services where you can download the song and, or you can stream it on platforms. Spotify, for example, there are other music platforms available. But really innovation and embracing the future has been such a part of the life and society since the beginning of time, really, and the more rapidly technology and skills change and adapt, it's really, really fascinating to see. I actually read something really crazy last week, I think it was, which I think it was actually Alan Marshall who shared it on Facebook, and it was a random fact you didn't know, that in your smartphone that you have, you may be watching right now on your smartphone, but there's more technology in your smartphone than what NASA had to put someone on the moon in 1969. That absolutely blows my mind. But as a world, we've always been embracing the future. But what does any of this have to do with God? Well, this morning, I hope that I can share something from the Bible and pick out some lessons that can hopefully help us with practical things that we can do to embrace the future which is to accept willingly and enthusiastically. My prayer for you and for me is that we can grow forward into all that God has for us, but also that we can become who God wants us to be in order that we can do what he wants us to do. And I want to read now some verses or a chapter from the book in the Bible called 2 Corinthians, which is Paul writing to a letter. He's writing a letter, sorry, he's not writing to a letter. He's writing a letter to a church in Corinth and I think that he's really talking to them about how to embrace the future. But I'm going to read from chapter 4, and it will come up on the screen if you want to follow 
along. And it says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even, our go- even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what we've seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul is writing here to the church in Corinth, and he's explaining to them some of the struggles that he is facing and that they may face, but he is encouraging them to grow forward in that. To grow forward in the midst of challenge, in the midst of trial, and even persecution. And as I was preparing this message for today, I really felt that there were three F's in this passage that can help us to embrace the future. The first thing I really note in this passage that Paul talks about is Paul talks about faith. You know, faith is described in the Bible, I believe it's in Hebrews, as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Faith means putting your trust in something even when you don't know the outcome, but based on what we think about that which we put our faith in. You know, when we place an order in a restaurant, for example, we would look at the menu and we would give our order to the waiter or to the drive-through person, whatever you want to call them. 
and we say this is what we want. But we have no involvement in the actual making of the food or we have no involvement on the message going from the person who takes our order to the person in the kitchen. Yet we have faith, we trust that that person will provide us with what we ask for. You know, we're not responsible for anything like that, but we trust these people. We put faith in these people. And if they don't bring back what you order, then you may lose faith in the restaurant and not go there. You might hear on the news, or if you're a football fan, you might hear about teams who have lost faith in the manager, so they've sacked the manager. The outcome is not what they wanted, and so they got rid of the manager, and they've put their trust and faith in someone else. They don't know what the outcome will be based on this, but they hope that it will do something. You know, we really need, we have faith and, you know, look at the world that we live in today. People can put their faith and their trust in so many different things. Look at this year, even just for example with the coronavirus, you may have put your faith in your job or you may have put your faith in money but the economy has taken a hit. You may have put faith in medical experts and they are doing the best they can please don't hear what I'm not saying but at the moment there's no vaccine there's no cure there's no nothing they can do at this present moment we look at governments who are doing the best that they can but yet we still live in chaos why because these people cannot see the future but rest assured we can put our faith in the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask think Or imagine, we can put faith in a name that is above every circumstance. We can put faith in a name that is above every sickness. We can put faith in a name that is greater than any name on planet earth. You see, the name of Jesus, there's a wonderful song that goes, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. You see, faith is something that we all express on a daily basis, but unless we are putting our faith in God, then we're never going to embrace the future. Why? Because we can trust in him that it might not look okay right now, but I have faith that all things are going to work together for my good because I'm called according to his purpose and I love him. Why? Because God has never let anyone down. There's a great song going out at the moment that said he's never lost a battle. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what things you've been putting your faith in. And the future might scare you. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So I want to encourage you that regardless of what you're going through, there is something that is greater that you can put your faith in, you can put your trust in, you can put your confident hope that he will rescue us, that he will provide for us, that he will make all things work together for our good because we love him and we're called according to his purpose. You know, the thing about faith is that Sometimes with faith, it means that you can't do the things that other people do. It might mean that your behavior is different to what other people do. You know, the Bible's got a great passage in Hebrews. It's called the Hall of Faith where it says, by faith, and it lists all of these people who've done these incredible things. 
And it would be great to have faith like that, but if you look at their stories, you realize they'd done stuff that looked stupid. They'd done stuff that made them look like numpties in the world's eyes. Yet, they're recorded in the book, the greatest book ever, the Bible, the story of life is these incredible heroes of faith, and God was able to do immeasurably more in them and through them than they could ever achieve in their own. Their faith had an impact on future generations. Wouldn't it be amazing if people could look at your life and look at my life and actually we could have an impact on future generations as they look at our faith, as our faith might inspire future generations or the faith decisions that we make set up future generations to be more than we could ever be so that they can start at a place further down the road than we are. Why? Because we made faith decisions and put our faith in our God. You know, we sing the song, may his favor be upon us and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. You know, your faith can have an impact on future generations. I'm thankful for my grandparents. Their faith had an impact on my dad and my dad's faith had an impact on me. And I'm believing that if and when I have children in the future, hopefully my faith can have an impact on them. Paul writes to a young guy called Timothy about his grandmother and his mother, and it was the same genuine faith that was in them is now in you, Timothy. So your faith can have an impact on future generations. To embrace the future, we've got to have faith, faith, faith. We've got to have faith. You know, the future is coming whether we like it or not. And so I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you are or whenever you're listening to this, What faith decisions can you do? Where have you been putting faith in other things and how can you put it in to God so that we can have an impact on future generations? The the second thing I know about embracing the future is, the, the second F is forward. You know, the future is always about moving forward. Paul is writing to this church in Corinth and I believe he's speaking to us today and he's calling them to believe and to grow forward. The church ever since Jesus established it here on planet earth has been moving forward. You know, the best days of the church have yet to come. The best days of this church have yet to come. The best days of the capital C church have yet to come. Our best days are in front of us. You know, society has been moving forward in terms of technology and opportunities. The future is about moving forward and in church is no different. Even in this new season, we've found ourselves embracing the future and growing forward. You know, this year we've been using platforms, avenues, and creative ways to do church that we've never had to do before. We are growing forward together. Why? Because the future is always moving forward. You see, the victory that you're looking for, the promise that you're believing God for, it is in front of you. We have to keep moving forward. Paul talks about being hard-pressed on every side. You know, it's difficult and it's a challenge and we can feel overwhelmed by this. But yet we move forward because God calls us to move forward. You know, we were destined to go forward. We are not designed to stop. We're designed to keep growing and to keep moving forward. 
You know, you can look back on your life and if you look at where you are now, you might not be where you want to be. You might not have received that promise. You might be still in the midst of the battle. But if you look back at where you used to be, you'll see I'm not where I used to be. Why? Because you're growing forward. You're moving forward and it might not be as quick as we want. It might not be the way that we want. But we have to keep pressing on. As many of you know, Heather and I have been on our own faith journey and we face challenges and we face some ups and downs and we've had some highs and lows over the past two to three years, but I am not the same person that I was two to three years ago. Why? Because God is doing a work in me. And Heather and I have made a commitment that we are going to grow forward. We are committed to going forward, not just in faith, but even just in forward. We are committed to stepping forward into everything that God has for us, no matter what it costs us, no matter what it looks like. Why? Because we've committed our lives to him. We sing the song, for this cause I'm giving up my life. And I don't say that to big us up at all. Why? Because it's not about us. It's all about being everything God wants us to be. Growing forward so that God can get all of the glory and so that our lives can count and make a difference here on earth. And I invite you into this journey. God is just looking for people who are willing to say, do you know what, I'll grow forward. I'm not going to stay in the valley of the shadow of the de death, but I'm going to keep walking forward. I am going to take down Goliath. I am going to you know, I am going to step into the promises that God has for me because I am going to keep going forward. And the Lord of the Rings, which in my humble opinion are the greatest works of literature ever and the greatest movies of all time, and the very early on in this journey, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you if you've never seen it, but I encourage you to watch them. But there's this little guy called Frodo and he's talking to his wiser, older friend, called Gandalf, and they're about to go on this epic quest to save the world. And Frodo turns to Gandalf and says, I wish it need not have happened in my time, says Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is to decide what we do with the time given to us. What a powerful message about growing forward. You might find yourself in situations, you might find yourself hard-pressed on every side that are out with your control. You know, I bet all of us wish that we never were alive when this virus took place. I believe that we, most of us wish this had never happened in our time. But God designed for you and me to be his people on planet earth at this time so that we can grow forward together. So we have a decision to make. What are we going to do with the time that we have been given. We can shrink back or we can grow forward and embrace the future. The final thing I notice as I almost close about embracing the future is that we need focus. You know, Paul finishes here by saying we fix our eyes on what is unseen. We fix our eyes upon Jesus. You know, Sean and I, we always quote Romans 8, 18. Anytime we face disappointment or hurt or pain, regardless of what it is, whether it's something really silly or whether it's something very serious, 
And it says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. What does it mean? It means we can choose to focus on how we feel. We can focus on every pain, every disappointment, every failure, every circumstance, every challenge. Or we can make a decision that yet we will choose to focus our eyes upon Jesus and his purpose for our life, for his glory. You know why? Because his glory does not even come close to the pain that we suffer right now. You know, whenever you set to overcome any challenge, whether it's losing weight, running a marathon, learning how to drive, studying for a degree, setting exams, you don't think about all of the things you've given up. You don't think about the pain, but you fix your eyes. You remind yourself of why you do what you do. You keep your eyes on the end goal because if you didn't do that, then you would quit. And in church life and as a Christian, it's no different. We are fixing our eyes upon Jesus as we embrace the future. We are focusing on becoming the church that he wants us to be. We're focused at new life and being the church the community can't do without. We are focusing on reaching, inspiring, serving, and equipping. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how this finds you. But I want to encourage you that God has got a plan for your life. God has got a hope for you. God has got a future for you. Jesus came and he was so focused on the future that even though despite the pain, despite the rejection, despite everything that was thrown against him, he, was, he lived an innocent and sinless life, yet he was judged guilty and died on a cross. And he fixed his eyes and focused his eyes on his purpose, which was to redeem all of us. No, Jesus came and died on a cross, but three days later he rose again, and now he is seated high above all of the heavens, reigning forever. You know, he invites us into the glorious future, which is eternity, with him. You know, that is the greatest future that any of us could ever have. It's the glorious future which is spending life with him, free of sin, free of pain, free of rejection, free of everything that hinders us. And, it, and it's only an invitation away. You know, you might be listening to this and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never stepped into his forgiveness. You've never committed your future to him. Well, I want to invite you to do so right now whether you're watching on the platform or whether you're watching on YouTube later. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I am going to say a prayer and I want to invite you to repeat it back to me. I won't hear it, but that's okay because he hears it and that's the most important thing. But it's just a simple prayer that says, Dear Jesus, thank you for embracing the future and for dying for me. Thank you for living for me. I give my life to you. Thank you for giving me a future. Amen. If you said that prayer, that is amazing. You have just committed the best decision of your entire life. And we would love it if you're watching the platform with us. If you can click, there's a raise hand button at the right hand side under the chat section. If you click on that and then click connect, with us, it will take you to our website. 
under next steps where you can fill in your details because we want to help equip you and support you in our next steps team. want to help you as you begin this amazing journey with Jesus. If you're watching on the YouTube channel later, then you can find under the description the same link which takes you to the same website and you can pop your details in. We would really love to connect with you. It's really important to us that we can help with that. But for everyone else, I want to encourage you that as we embrace the future, that we put our faith in him, that we grow forward with him, and that we focus and fix our eyes on him and his purpose, which for us is that we reach, inspire, we serve, and we equip. God bless you. We're going to worship now before Heather closes the service. See you soon.